Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Episode 2, Conceal, Carry, and You. My name is Jeremy, and I will be your host. Today's guest is a very good friend of mine, Austin, previously known on Instagram as Operator Schusty, before the great purge of 2022. Austin is a guy I train with locally on a regular basis, and he formerly did some private security. He is a very avid concealed carrier and is always messing around with new handguns, holsters, knives, big dry fire guy, the whole shebang. So, Without further delay, let's get started. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Shrink the numbers, we the people still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Austin, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, man. You are the very first guest on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, for everybody that does not know, uh, me and Austin have been training together locally here in Kentucky for uh, a couple years now, and, and we've become very good friends along with a couple other guys, and we actually met on Instagram. Instagram kind of brought us together. We did the whole meet your random homies online and meet up and there were no black suburbans that time there, there so. were no black suburbans unfortunately <laughs> that time but if you want to go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself before we get into this all right um 26 years old i have been i mean i've been in like the protection defense mindset the majority of my life but i've been into guns and stuff probably since i was well i've, I've handled firearms for about 10 years now i've been into guns since i was a child i'd i'd go into church with uh squirt guns in my pockets and they'd take them away and then i'd pull another one out and <laughs> I've, I've been doing concealed carry for a long time um yeah uh i mean and most you did, and you huh. did private security in missouri correct? yes i did uh private security for a christian missions base um With, in conjoining with the uh, Kansas City Police Department um, and the Grandview Police Department, because it was a split. Our our properties were split between two different cities. Um, gotcha. I was a patrol officer, uh, Class A. So we did the whole taser, the gun, the body armor, uh, handcuffs, all that stuff, and driving training and everything. Awesome. All right, so we'll go ahead and kind of get into this. We talked about some topics for discussion uh, before we started this, and the very first one is, and this this is going to be a, uh, not necessarily a super detailed episode, but really more kind of just hitting the general topics, and this can really apply to anybody. But the very first topic we're going to talk about is why should you conceal carry, and we're really going to kind of focus uh, on the mindset portion of it as well. So go ahead and just kind of give your little general uh consensus about concealed carry and why people should and you know just kind of the responsibilities that come with it um i mean the, the first thing that always comes to mind when people ask that question is like they're like why do you conceal carry i'm like well because i can't carry an ar-15 in my pocket um but not with that attitude well <laughs> my pockets aren't that big jeremy um oh concealed carry is 
it's weird because for me it's it's not something i think about on the daily it's just become part of life like it's like a like why do you have a fire extinguisher in your house like why do you have health insurance like it's just a simple thing of this is another step to keep me and the people around me safe Mm -hmm. um and i think that kind of goes for most of us that have been concealed carrying for a long time yeah it's it's just second nature before you leave the house you're probably more likely to forget your wallet or something before you before you are your gun. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know I am. I will 100% always forget other things that are probably a necessity before I forget my gun. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean there there are days where I don't I don't take it off. I mean I I put it on when I get out of bed and I don't take it off till I go to sleep. Like he is not lying. He um, he wears his. His holster pretty much all day, even when he's just sitting at his house. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that guy that comes home and takes it off and puts it up in the room in the safe or something. I just, or even like on your nightstand, I just have it like with me all the time. Uh, I, I, I will 100% take my holster off because that can be very uncomfortable when I'm trying to just relax. But the gun follows me everywhere in the house. I mean, even, even when I'm over at like uh, my significant other's place or whatever, like if we're just sitting in the living room, like, gun sits on the coffee yeah. table right in front of me and that's just not an option to to not have it with me because even in the home i think it's important that you have immediate access if not uh rather rather immediate access to that firearm yeah I, i've i've seen too many uh a home security camera videos of people getting raided by random hoodlums uh yeah, there's no way. I mean, even even when it, it does get uncomfortable, I'll I'll just swap it out for an outside the waistband holster and just walk around the house like that. I do like a good outside the waistband holster, especially if I'm doing like uh, outside work on like uh, my family's farm or something oh, yeah. like that. Like, yeah, definitely. Just like a classic Kydex outside the waistband holster gets yeah. the job done. Um, but all right, so let's talk about while we're talking about why you can't see carry. Uh, let's talk about mindset what are some what are some things that you kind of take with yourself and you think people should really try to focus in on uh when it comes to just like the everyday aspect of it i think something that is i want to say overlooked but maybe just not so much focused on as a talking point is um and something that I find people who are unfamiliar with or on the fence with concealed carry and having a deadly weapon on your body mm-hmm. all day is like I hear all the time like oh well oh I I'd end up shooting somebody because I'd be mad I'm like well that's a deeper issue yeah that's uh, that's a that's a much deeper like mental issue if the, you don't have that type of control. the thing for me is it's it concealed carry comes down to situational awareness and before anything else learning how to avoid situations i agree um or or learning how to de-escalate a situation before you have to deploy something like that um and and i'm not sure if you've had the class in the past i know i did with the embassy security program in the marine corps is there there is for those that are not aware there's a thing called the force continuum Mm -hmm. and before before Mm -hmm. you're ever in some sort of um, physical contact with somebody or especially employing your firearm. There are many other steps to force escalation and de-escalation long before you get to your firearm. And, yeah. I, and one thing I really uh, try to send home with people is that your your voice and how you carry yourself and how you present yourself 
can be an extremely useful tool, specifically for forced de-escalation. And let me tell you, Jeremy embodies that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do I do very much try to, to well carry myself. Um, but I think something that a lot of people look past, um, you were kind of talking about um, a little bit of like people were like, oh, uh, I'd, I'd use it too often. I, I think people don't think often enough about when a firearm is necessarily practical. Yeah. When will you actually use that firearm? People kind of put the put their holster on. They're like, all right, I have my gun for the day. But it's like, when is your firearm applicable? When is it not applicable? Right. Right. You know, when? What are the situation indicators and when you may need to escalate or retreat from a situation? And I don't think people really talk about that enough. So, you know, what do you really I, think on that? I think a lot of people don't really come from, don't really realize that a, the majority of us that carry, that mindset comes from a pursuing of peace and protecting rather than direct aggression. Mm-hmm. It's not like I carry a gun just because I want to shoot somebody. I carry a gun because I want to preserve life. And I know, like, some people that's a hard thing to understand, but, like, mm-hmm. when you have a monopoly on violence, you automatically have the ability to preserve life when others want to destroy it. And I believe that's part of uh, T-Rex Arms' mission statement is yeah. the preservation of human life. Yeah. And I, th- I think that I think that really is uh, well put from them. And, and that's kind of really what it all comes down to and really what this whole – mindset here at everyday since tactical and then just kind of the general niche or community that you know you and i and a lot of our friends find ourselves in is that we we do want to protect life we want to uh you know conserve life and you know we 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 are pursuants of peace uh but we're not afraid to go to war in a sense yeah Um, and i I think john lavelle from warrior poet also talks on that quite a bit yeah Um, Yeah. it's it's the classic uh warrior in a garden type uh type uh quote or acronym whatever it would be right um and i think this this is and maybe it's not as unique as i think it is um i was talking to true exodus today mm-hmm. about it um he posted a clip from a company called um uh exodus cry mm-hmm. and they came out with a movie they actually they're a part of the mission space that i was at um they came out with a documentary about human trafficking and uh, sex trafficking and, you know, all of that. And that was back, I, may, I was maybe 12 when that came out, the first one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was one of, aside from just the general desire to protect the people around me, that was one of the biggest things that, like, spurred me towards being proficient in the protector mindset, the ability to defend people, the ability to just be dangerous and violent when needed. Because I, I mean that, it, the if anyone hasn't seen it, it's a decent watch. It's called Nefarious. There's, a, there's two or three more of them out now, but uh, it really opens your eyes to the realities of human trafficking and how prevalent it is even in your backyard. Um, and that's what really spurred on my desire to carry um, because of how easily it is for someone to just disappear. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and that kind of goes into another point is that, that you know, your concealed carry, both your mindset and the actual you know, weapon you carry yourself is an absolutely um, 
crucial equalizer. Yeah, no, that's um, a good point. Your your mind is just as important as your gun mm-hmm. or whatever but, weapon it is. But overall, for people that may be smaller, you know, biologically, you know, this might this might get me canceled on episode two. But you know, <laughs> f- females are smaller than men and generally weaker than men. Yeah. However, you know, firearms give them that ability uh, to better defend themselves and kind of equal that playing ground for sure. Um, and you know, like you talked about with a lot of human trafficking, you know, younger women who get um, assaulted or, or sexually assaulted on places like college campuses and places like that, you know, it really, it really kind of drives home that, that that equalizer and gives them that ability to defend themselves. Whereas some people would just kind of let them fend for themselves and, and tell them to figure it out later, which I, I think is a completely wrong way to uh, I, go about that. I think it. Uh, there's also been a. Um, a wrong depiction of the ability to defend yourself physically. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's all these self-defense classes, you know, everywhere, but it, when you see your average, like 180 to 220 pound man go after someone who's like 160 pounds, in general, there's a disparity in the ability for that person to defend themselves. Like, even if they have skill, if that other person that they that is attacking them is even remotely close in equal amount of skill, they will always dominate them because just sheer force and power. And Absolutely. when it comes to females, like, I've had friends be like, oh, what, what self-defense, like Krav Maga or like Muay Thai? I'm like, yes, those are great. However, just buy a gun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, I I get it. I get the, the hesitancy for someone who's unfamiliar with it. But they're really, I mean, they, they call it the great equalizer for a reason. And, you know, with on the, on the, on the mark of that of, you know, martial arts and self-defense and stuff like that. You know, I'm really big of the mindset, man, female, small, big, that everyone should have a general understanding of some sort of grappling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I push Brazilian jiu-jitsu to the absolute max. I mean, I, I did jiu-jitsu for years, and I had to stop this past winter just due to finances. You know, times are getting tougher, and it was unfortunately just one of those things that had to get kicked to the curve temporarily. Sure. But your ability to um, – perform the basics of grappling uh, as far as distance management wrist control arm control um just different positioning and stuff like that in with your paired with your employment of your firearm goes a long way and i I really don't think it can be one or the other you need to have the ability knowledge uh and knowledge to to do both you yeah we we could have a whole session on talking about that oh yeah because i mean just as a general wrap up on this topic and we'll get going um you can carry a firearm all day and you can be really great with your firearm. But if your ability to get to your firearm or prevent yourself from getting your absolute face kicked in in the first 10 seconds of a fight isn't there, your firearm's useless. Yeah. If you're a great grappler, but you know, there's multiple people or the, your attacker is just that much bigger than you, your, your fighting and your self-defense is kind of worthless because you weren't able to take it to a step above where your attacker was at. So there is a balance that has to be achieved with that. Uh, but like you said, that, that could be a at whole that point, episode at that point, you just, you just start stabbing them. <laughs> and then you have all <laughs> just, 
I have 11 everyday carry <laughs> knives. And I just start putting them in random places. <laughs> the, the, the attacker now becomes a knife holder unwillingly. Thin cushion. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and move on to the next topic, which uh, we're talking about choosing, designing, and setting up uh, your specific concealed carry weapon. And you're a guy that likes to kind of dabble with different different handguns between SIGs and Glocks, and you like trying out red dots and lights and all that. So well, you know, what are, what are some tips or advice you would give to people that are trying to set up, you know, a, the, this is my primary everyday carry? Yeah, so, um, I mean, my first handgun was a Glock 19, but I've had... I've had a decent amount. I mean, I've had, I've had everything from like a, a Burris, mm-hmm. or not a Burris, a, a Bursa, which is like a offshoot of like Beretta, mm-hmm. um, to what I primarily carry now, which is the Sig uh, P320 AXG. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a I mean, nice gun. It's a nice. It's a heavy gun. It uh, is a heavy. It is, it people is a... people pick that thing up and they're like, "Damn, that's like a 1911." Um, it's a little bit smaller, but as far as weight goes. Um, I've actually been teaching someone, uh, a family member, extended family member, uh, recently about concealed carry and we're kind of going over what he wants to buy and it's a mix of him and his wife. Um, comes down to caliber, which in general, I just say nine mil cause it's, universal as far as the states go it's very prevalent and it's easy to manage you also have a lot more ammo in it but my rule of thumb is when picking a firearm to carry i don't care if you're 64 or if you're 411 you pick a gun that is comfortable in your hand and the price point starts at five hundred dollars. Yeah, um, I definitely, with with very few exceptions, I, I very much agree uh, to that rule. And you know that people always talk about, and I I feel like people take comfortability to the wrong extent. I don't mean comfortable in your hands and you're able to, you know, effectively employ it and handle it well. Uh, I'm sorry, that is what I mean. Some people think I mean, you know, does it? Does it look well, and does it keep me from preve- uh, printing in all of the clothes I currently have? That, yeah, that can, you can. Does work it on. seem like I'm not carrying a gun because you are carrying a gun? Yeah. Um, and you know, with that is, I always tell people that you, your clothes, your everyday attire, should match your ability to uh, defend yourself, and you know. Do what it is that you make as a priority. Your priority is not to be as fashionable as possible. And maybe if my concealed carry fits with the outfits, then I'll bring my concealed carry. If not, I'll just leave it at home. It's no big deal. It's one day. That is not the mindset you want to be in. You want to be in the mindset of my concealed carry is a priority. What am I going to wear that does both? Right. 100%. Um, I... There is, depending on the firearm you buy, there are there are plenty of guns that you can buy, and your, well, nine out of ten people will not have to change what they wear on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you get a freaking Glock forty three or thirty four, you might have to change some things because 
that's a that's a big gun. But um, and if you get a small gun, like the uh, what the forty three, um, which is the subcompact, or the Sig P three sixty five, you can wear just about. I mean, five inch inseam short shorts and a freaking t-shirt and you'll be good um because it's just the it's so small but back to the the thing that i really think is the litmus test as far as i'm concerned you can buy how many however many guns you want at whatever price point you want but 500 dollars in my mind is the base standard of what a good defensive handgun can cost yeah. anything below that you're just risking a lot more problems with the gun um, as far as durability and reliability and longevity. Um, like I see people like uh, when I was working at, when I was working at the gun store, people come in like, oh, I was looking at the Taurus. I'm like, no. <sighs> no. And one thing I do want to point out for any female listeners that we have is uh, we kind of generally speak uh, from our perspective as guys conceal carrying and, and it is completely different uh, for you females so, so I do apologize if, if our advice and or mindset or where we're talking from may not 100% uh, apply to you but uh, my statement on dress for your own for your own security is a priority not the other way around kind of does apply to you as well yeah, yeah you, you may not be able to wear uh, skirts and rompers everywhere you may have to wear a pair of jeans and maybe uh, a nice t-shirt that is a little, that is a, uh, it provides a little bit more room. I mean, I, I am not, uh, well-mannered in, in female clothing options. Um, there, there is, there is like a few fit predominant, for Fia, uh, yeah, fit for Fia, bulletproof she, she, blondie. There's a few, uh, predominant, uh, female concealed carry advocates, uh, on social media. Freaking, and I much, uh, uh, suggest that you guys go check them out. Yeah. Like Lena Michalek. Um, there, there, there are there are yeah. better sources than us. Nonetheless, uh, especially for the females, do not let your sense of um, my outfit has to be this to possibly sacrifice your own personal security. Yeah, yeah. Um, but all right, so let's move on here uh, with it just as far as the pistol. What is what is one of the probably the biggest um, things you think people should add? to their flashlight pistol. i was gonna say I was, I was about to say it's like is it a red dot or a red dots light? red dots are great red dots, red dots are, great. are in my opinion red dots are cheating and if you're not cheating when it comes to your life you are not trying this is true um red dots I, make it very easy to shoot really fast at just about any distance you know it's, it's as weird as it is and it's for you been doing it for years now and i haven't got used to it i do not prefer a red dot on my concealed carry and I think I think it's only because of the amount of force on force training that I've done, and I've realized that engagements within seven yards, I don't use my sights. Sure, I just don't. I'm sure. confident enough, um, uh, pointing and shooting. Um, the the term is, sur- is surpassing me at the moment. Um, point shooting. Point shooting. Yeah, there he goes. I am confident point shooting, really up to about ten yards when I have a pistol, but seven yards confidently and that is where most of your engagements are going to come from i i have a legitimate reason as to why i have a a red dot on mine for close combat stuff 
because you like stuff. Um, well, yes, I, I do like stuff. I'm a gadget guy to the core. However, are. however, when I was working security, one of the biggest things that we focused on was hostage rescue. Mm-hmm. And while I can just nail a dime with iron sights, I am faster with my target acquisition with a red dot. Mm. So if somebody's got your girlfriend or your mom or your son and they're about to freaking kill him or holding a knife to their neck or something like that, I can far fat. I mean, and, and, and some people are faster with their iron sights and that's great. Like in my mm. opinion, you do what works for you, whatever makes you the most efficient for me makes me faster on the draw as far as getting to my site. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think it's because it's a, it's a positive, um, reinforcement with the red dot. Mm. I am more confident, even though I know I can make that shot with a red, with a iron sights, mm-hmm. I'm more confident with the red dot. We, we went completely off track here when I was, <laughs> we said flashlight <laughs> and then we went immediately into yeah, red well, dots. There we go. We could probably wrap up uh, flashlights, flashlights, weapon simple. lights and flashlights uh, fairly uh, fairly easily. You got to be able things, to see. Yeah, bad things what happen you're at night. Yeah, bad things happen at night. You know, at least forty percent of the average person's lifespan is spent in what would be darkness. So you got to be able to see what you're looking at. Um, and you know, the reality of it is, and again, it goes back to the force on force training that I've done, and you've been there for some of it is. Um, it, it really does kind of suck trying to engage somebody in the dark with a handheld flashlight. Yeah, and I was actually going to go ahead and talk about that with you. It, it, it's very – I don't I, – I did not like it. We did it a lot at our past force-on-force exercise, and I, I didn't like it. I 100% preferred the, we, the weapon we light. We both carry with a weapon light, but mm-hmm. also we both have handheld flashlights on us. Yeah. Um. And while you can use it, um, it's one thing to like be stationary and shooting with one hand and a flashlight in your other hand. Mm-hmm. Moving and shooting with a flashlight in your hand and then a gun in your other hand. Completely different. Ball. That gets tricky. <laughs> can be done. Not, can, not can fun. Not yes. easy. Yeah. I remember very specifically chasing uh, Peyton. Trying to, uh, we were maneuvering <laughs> around those cars, yeah. And I found it almost impossible, even with my um, glow-in-the-dark night sights on uh, my Glock. I'm sorry, I guess I didn't even have that because we were using the blue pistols. Yeah, we were using. Yeah, we were using. Yeah, the, even uh, with just the, it just with a handheld flashlight in one hand, only one hand on the pistol. We're moving around those vehicles. I'm trying not to get shot by Peyton, and I'm trying to engage. Like it just. That that did show me how much of a difference night sights it, makes. It was a huge difference because I yeah. until that point in time, I don't think I'd ever actually done force on force with a handheld flashlight. It was only ever uh, a weapon mounted flashlight. Yeah. Um, and on the range, I do most of my handheld light uh, shooting stationary. Yeah. So that was definitely a big eye opener. Regardless, everybody, you need to have a you need to have a light. Whether both, it's in your pocket, yeah. it's on your gun, you need a light. Yeah. Um, which brings us into our next topic, which is uh, EDC. You know, their everyday carries, and uh, yeah. we're going to start with knives, as you are the knife um, man. Right. So, what people, what people need to know about knives. Growing up, the rule of my house was you don't leave your house 
without a flashlight, your cell phone, your wallet, and a knife. Um, obviously, that's expanded a little bit since then. It definitely has expanded. Um, <laughs> knives. Uh, in my opinion, knives are more tools well pocket knives are more tools than they are weapons um they could definitely be used as weapons um however it's not something that most people are comfortable with um i find that when i talk to people and i'm like oh like why don't you carry a knife they're like ah why would i need a knife i don't need a knife daily and then like a month later they're carrying a knife they're like dude i i open things i cut things like every day all the time i'm like yeah it's super useful um it even if it's like a freaking leatherman with a knife on it like something it's just something that i mean if you get into a car wreck and you're stuck in your car because your seatbelt won't open you can cut the seatbelt uh, i mean there's there's so many there's so, I mean I could yeah, go we, on. we could go on for hours but um, the thing is you could use your knife on a daily basis now there's different types of knives I like switch blades um, that was gonna be my next question is do you do you usually is your advice for people to carry a switch blade or a classic folding knife uh, pocket knife on a daily basis and not everybody carries so, 19 knives so you, you right, can pick one right so well regularly I only carry one. I could have sworn um, you carry like at now, least three. My plate carrier, I think there's three on my plate carrier. You got like you have a ridiculous <laughs> amount of knives when it comes to your gear. <laughs> um so a lot of people are scared of switchblades and stilettos, but modern stilettos have a safety mechanism mm-hmm. that makes them safer than every single other knife. Because while it's kind of uncommon, um I mean it's uncommon to get cut at all by your own knife while it's in your pocket. Flipper knives can come if you're in like a, a tussle with somebody. If you're if you're wrestling with somebody, you're in a fight. That can come, or you're climbing, or you're just doing something really active. That a flipping knife like um, can come open in your pocket and just stab the sure. ever living crap out of you. A switchblade, a modern decent switchblade. I mean, don't spend like twenty bucks on one, uh, but a decent. I mean, I've spent $400 on one before, but Switchblade will not activate unless you make it activate. So unless, I like that. Except the time mine opened in my well, you're Yeah, that's because it's a cheap, <laughs> cheap Switchblade. <laughs> um, uh, but and I forgot to put the safety on. Yeah, that, that too. If, if a Switchblade comes with the safety, that usually means it's supposed it to be used. Safety. Yeah. Um, I was playing with it with small children and forgot to put the safety back on when I put it in my pocket. (laughs) And I walked out into the parking lot and there was a hole in my jeans and my knife was stabbing me in the thigh. That's a whole scenario. I still have that. I still have that pair of jeans. That's my favorite pair of jeans. So there's a hole in it. Dang. Um, Yeah. So the difference between that is there's two types of switchblades. There's single action and there's double action. Mm -hmm. Single action has a seriously intense, strong spring. That throws that knife as soon as the lever is activated. It throws the blade all the way to the front and um, just locks into place. And in order to close that knife, you have to release a lever and then pull a lever back. Mm. 
those are more dangerous as far as for you because if they are pressed against skin, they will go into your skin. I mean, not like in the movies where it goes straight into you, but it'll go like an inch into your, in, like an inch at most into your body. Mm. Whereas with the double action ones that have a, the spring gets activated and it just quickly catapults the blade forward but that whole time it's being moved forward it's just by inertia it's not being pressed with a spring Mm -hmm. so if it comes in contact with anything even paper the blade stops Mm -hmm. Um, so like i can just activate it against my leg and nothing happens Mm -hmm. Um, a lot safer also they scare people i mean when you activate a switchblade people are like oh my god that's that's terrifying People think you know what you're doing automatically because you have a switchblade. Mm-hmm. It's a good uh, deterrent, kind of like a lightsaber. <laughs> uh, speaking of lights, so we kind of already hit on this a little bit, but carrying, uh, you know, just your classic pocket lights. Um, I think uh, just an absolute definite go to. I would argue that I that I might use my pocket flashlight more than I use my knife. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I definitely suggest you don't got to pour. I, you don't really don't have to pour a ton of money into a hand light, but buy no, a quality light. I mean, buy a, a good, name brand light. A good Streamlight flashlight is like forty five dollars. Yeah, I also carry a Streamlight. I've always um, carried a Streamlight. I've got an O light hand grenade in my hand right now. You anyway, really? You like I I found it in a I found it in a freaking box the other day. Oh. Uh, but yeah, the one that I carry every day is the Protec too. Do not buy O light. Do not buy Olight. No, <laughs> he just happens to have lots of random things. This is not. This is not an endorsement for Olight. No, my issue is that I just don't throw things away, and I'm like, ah. no, you do not. Um, so let's talk about medical. No, yeah, I am the medical guy between the two of us. But medical is a part of EDC, whether it's vehicle yeah. on your person, whatever it may be. So, what yeah. do you carry for your medical EDC? Where is it? You know, what's your thought process? Um, I normally have a trauma kit with like gauze chest seal and a couple tourniquets in my car mm-hmm. uh when i depending on the job that i'm working i'll probably end up putting something like that in my bag that i go to for the current job that i'm at but when i was working at the uh nightclub i always had always had extra tourniquets and chest seals and pressure bandages and gauze and stuff because wild stuff would happen people would slice their legs open on glasses that were broken on the ground um so i mean it's not every it's not like you you only carry medical because you know guns like and and you know that girl with the horse the lady that was uh, a crazy story crazy things can happen and Mm. being even mildly proficient in medical can literally save someone's life and, you know, with with medical, there's a lot of people that debate carrying medical on your person. Um, is your car, is carrying medical in your car sufficient enough? I personally don't carry medical on my person. I would. I just... I, I don't know where... Yeah, I don't know where I would. I mean, I know where I could, but I don't have the room to. Like, I, I can't think of a single place on my body or in a pocket where I could keep a tourniquet where it wouldn't be just obnoxiously yeah. evident that I have something in my pocket. Yeah. Same. Uh, especially with being the thick, well-fed young gentleman that I am. <laughs> Facts. Um, so I, I personally keep a full medical bag in my truck. It has airway management. It has the full 
you know, March algorithm classic uh, IFAC, probably probably equivalents of three or four of them in the me- in the medical bag. Um, I have uh, splinting materials. I have um, burn treatments, hypothermia treatments. I have a C collar in my bag. Um, I mean, I have a lot of stuff in my med bag. I'm pretty. I don't think I have a YouTube video up on it yet. Um, but I have a pretty in-depth bag. It's it's fairly similar to the one we set up for our group. I, there is, if anybody wants to see um, a decent, it's pretty really good nice. setup <laughs> for a medical bag that you can make as a civilian, go check out. Um, let me pull up my YouTube here real quick, and I'll be able to tell you what the name of that, um, what that is. Let's see, my videos. Jeremy's basically ready to do everything except for like perform actual surgery. <laughs> and we're getting there. We are getting there. It is it will not be long. Um, it's called uh, the Minuteman Medical Bag Breakdown, and there's a review of the Excellent Elite Medical Bag, which is a very good bag. Um, and that bag does have a lot of money put into it. However, if you're a person that wants to um, carry serious medical gear, that is probably the most affordable. Um, and well thought out option to go. If you're looking for something smaller to keep in your vehicle, there are lots of very good kits out there. We now sell a kit to the Everyday IFAC Plus, which is basically the equivalent of a March IFAC mixed with some everyday first aid items. Uh, fits underneath the seat of your car, fits in your kitchen drawer, that kind of stuff. So I will not plug my own products too much on my own podcast. Um, but we do make some medical kits and we are now starting to host some medical classes. So you guys can follow, find more information on that on our YouTube or our website. I will not stick on that very long. Um, and is there anything else you'd like to hit on everyday carry? Um, a good belt, a good belt, a, a belt goes belt. a long way. I have worn my five eleven belt since I think 2018 at this point as both my everyday carry belts and the belt I wear, like when I go to the range underneath my battle belt or anything like that. And it has held up absolutely fantastic. It is literally the same belt I've had for going on past four going on five years. Yeah. Um, I got the Seguera, um, the one that, uh, grand grand thumb Mm -hmm. did with them. I've had that belt for, six years now it's freaking fantastic that a belt makes concealed carry a lot easier when it's a good belt too it holds the gun where it should be not just like wherever mm-hmm. um another thing for edc that i have every day of my life is it's called the gtfo wrist strap oh yeah I've, um, I've got it's got a handcuff key on it and a glass breaker nice. it's just a tiny little um bracelet goes around my wrist i have my watch on my other hand i mean the only time i take it off is to shower um and that's pretty nifty to have uh one other thing i hit on one one other thing i hit on with edc is uh there's lot there's lots of things that you can carry on your person lighters chapsticks i do carry lighter keys all types of stuff Uh, we won't get into the super depth of everything you could ever possibly carry for edc but you should understand the capabilities of everything you may carry on your person every day. What is all of the capabilities of your lighter besides starting a fire? Yeah. Uh, what can your keys do for you? Do you carry a small little multi-tool on your keychain? You know, all that kind of stuff. It comes to a matter of 
comfortability and utility and how much you need and can carry comfortably. Because there is a limit. You, you yeah. don't need to carry the whole kitchen sink yeah. every single day. And there's people that do people that wear tactical pants everywhere they go and put a full IFAC <laughs> in their cargo pocket. And they have We're going to touch on that belt. on the last, oh, the, last slide. The very last one? Yeah. All right, we'll save it for that then. Um, <laughs> before we get on to ways to train, uh, let's talk about holsters really quick um, because you also are a guy that, that is very holster diverse. Yeah. Um, so what should, what should people look for um, in a quality holster and you know, kind of how, how, what kind of guidance would you give them on holsters? So the best holster you can get is the one that is comfortable to your body. The issue with that is... There it is. That's the podcast. uh, (laughs) The issue is unless you got a friend who has that holster, you can't just like try it. You got to spend $150 on the holster and get it sent to you. And um, so... Uh, learning from the people who have used a lot of holsters. Um, and I have used a lot of holsters. Uh, if you don't have just an obnoxious amount of extra holsters that you've <laughs> gone through in your lifetime as a gun owner and concealed carrier, you're not you're not a real concealed carrier. You're yet. not really trying. <laughs> no, you need to waste way more money on <laughs> options that you should have never bought to begin with before you start getting into reasonable uh, purchases. Get, get you some crossbreed holsters. <laughs> <laughs> I promise, you know, leather is fine. Yeah, it's it'll never it'll never warp on you ever. Nylon also good. Also, yeah, nylon is peak performance. I, I mean, I people am hate completely it, kidding. Do not listen to any of that. Um, uh, you want a good Kydex. Kydex holster. Tier one concealed T-Rex concealed. arms and Bravo. TXC from yeah, Exodus. And, I've been carrying uh, a TXC for years. Bravo concealment. Bravo concealment. I've heard it makes good ones. Um, also the Folster. I'm not familiar with um, that. It's the one that Fit for Fia uses. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like a whole rig that goes around your body. So if you're wearing like pants that don't have a mm-hmm. belt line, like a belt loop, mm-hmm. so you can't really like secure a belt, it secures around your waist and like sits under your pants. And that's mm-hmm. pretty neat um, for like people who wear like dress clothes all the time. Um, that is a really good option. Um, and it's got a lot of modularity. But. What I've found, I've used a lot of like one-piece holsters and two-piece holsters and then holsters where it was just the gun and the magazine carrier were separate. Mm-hmm. I prefer the um, new T-Rex Arms slash original um, Tier 1 Conceal style where there's a pivot point in the middle. I, uh, I That's how TXCs is, uh, and I yeah. love the pivot point. It's so much more comfortable. Yeah, because it... it it allows a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm. and isn't as rigid on your body. Yeah, and definitely, yeah, it definitely moves with you quite well. Yeah, I think the more flexible holster specific, you know, for the ones that are, you know, you're trying to carry that knife or you're trying to carry that extra magazine, whatever it be, yeah. flexible is definitely the way to go. Yeah. The neat thing about the new TRX Arms holster is they've come out with a double pistol double well the double yes (laughs) that was a hilarious video (laughs) if you guys have not seen t-rex arms's april fool's day video where they dual weed dual wheeled pistols you need to go watch it my favorite thing is it's not even a joke they legitly came out with that product i know that 
that's even funnier. <laughs> but because he even re- says, "Don't buy this," and then they put it on their store. <laughs> but you the know, reason, somebody bought it. But the reason they did put it on the store is because it allows the option for so many different modifications that you can use outside of a um, another gun holster. You can double stack um, magazines. You can add like a knife holster and a pistol uh, magazine holster. There's just a lot of like mm-hmm. mix and matching you can do with it. So it's it's <sighs> T Rex arms, man. They just be they be they be innovating they do every day. Something like that. Um. All right. So let's move on. Um. Let's see ways to train. Um whether you're an absolutely new person or your person's been doing this for a while, classes to take, um, how do people improve their skills? How, what do, how do people start to find the ways to apply everything we have just talked about? Okay. Uh, first things I was thinking of was YouTube can be your friend. It can be. If you know where to look. Um, the major guys like Millspec Mojo, grand thumb and some of his videos and t-rex arms really in a warrior poet society john level are really really putting out a lot of fantastic information and um instructional videos on how to carry how to adjust like how to fix certain issues in your shooting um, and just the mindset of everything. Yeah, John Lavelle from Warrior Poets Society really hits on the mindset yeah. portion. Yeah, uh, Lovell is a he's, a, a, he's, he's a, a gentleman. Yes, he is. He is scholar. truly a warrior poet. Absolutely. Um, another thing, friends. Friends are your friends, and if mm. you have friends who are competent, and that's that's hard to judge when you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I was going to hit on this, but go ahead. But. Um, like today I had someone, um, she was approaching me about, um, she was having issues with her recoil. Um, she sent me some videos of her shooting and immediately there were like a couple things that I saw that I was like, oh, these are easy that you can just adjust and it'll be so much better. It'll feel so much better. And having people like that, like I've had so many people like that in my life, um, in the past six years of just there, I was like, Hey, give me some constructive criticism or, Hey, I'm having this issue. And does anybody know anything about this? And I'd have like five people come back at me and be like, Hey, here's this, here's how you could do this. Um, I did have an instructor in Kansas city. <sighs> that guy's the best shooter I've ever met in person. Um, shout out to Travis Dammy. Uh, I think his Instagram handle is, damn d-a-m-m-e good Mm -hmm. dude is a monster um but he taught me so much and that's serious value in friends who are willing and able to teach you cohesively and help you understand things Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's important it's something we need to learn and accept as a quote-unquote gun culture and as a community in order to move forward is just because you have a friend that was prior military oh my gosh or is a cop <laughs> does not mean that they provide um competent information yes. or are competent yes. themselves um sorry bro vets no it's gonna hurt your feelings that no, is the there reality. are some amazing 
ex like service members. Absolutely. However, hundred percent. Oof, they're not all good. They are not all. They are not. I would. I would be willing to say that the majority of them are not good. It's just not a requirement. It it, it no. comes down to being a personal thing. Like for you, like you didn't get good with a handgun because you were trained. You did it because you wanted to and you valued that. Oh yeah, for sure. Before I went to the embassy security program, um, even before I, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was absolute dog crap with a pistol. But even when I went to embassy security guard school and we were going through training and you know we were doing our dry fire drills before range days and all that, like in my off time, I watched YouTube videos. I dry fired in my room. Like, I mean, I took that stuff so seriously outside of what was just expected of me to do um, in class. And after that, moving forward, I just made it my mission to become better at shooting a pistol. And then when I went to MSAL later after my first tour in Africa, my off time, a lot of times, was spent at the range on Quantico um, or the range up there in northern Virginia. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It's an indoor range. Me and my buddies always used to go to it. We, I mean, I spent hundreds of rounds every single month in my, yeah. in my off time, in addition to spending hundreds of dollars, uh, spend, I mean, spending hundreds of rounds on duty. Because I just wanted to be good at shooting a pistol. And I was like, there's no reason not to be good. Yeah. And and to touch on that further, like, I can't even count the amount of hours that I've spent dry firing. And that's a big thing we should probably hit on is dry firing is extremely important. And I've been a little lazy on it recently with as busy as I've been. And it's not an excuse. Yeah. But especially if you're somebody that's newer, there is a, there is a bit... There is eventually a point in time, and some people aren't going to like this. Yet, so there's eventually a point in time where you don't have to dry fire an obnoxious amount. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I it becomes more of a retention thing than a learning yeah, thing. But in I the be- generally in the I just I get dressed and I'm like, oh, I'm putting my gun on. I'm gonna go fire. through a couple reps, mm-hmm. and then but like it used to be 15 to 30 minutes a day, mm-hmm. like during like early COVID. Oh, when we, I was we just, were uh, dry oh firing all the time. That's what we did. It was every day for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. At least, especially when it was like an Instagram trend to yeah. post all of your dry yeah. fire videos. Yeah, I and mean, we were uh, making we were making edit uh, endless edits <laughs> of dry fire videos. All of us were. Everybody knows they were. But it made us better. It, it did. did. It made us better. It did. I even know, like on a daily basis here in my apartment, there will be random times I'm just carrying my gun from room to room, and I just kind of grip it, you know, present it forward to take a few steps and kind of just move my body and, yeah. and feel my pistol. I'm, I may be dry firing, but I'm, I'm holding that pistol. I'm Getting, moving with Working on the mechanics, yeah. Working on mechanics. Um, so, you know, when you're newer, you kind of, just like anything else, you have to hit things a little harder. But as things become Ooh. muscle memory, you kind of just sustain skills. I would like to say something that is, I think, probably controversial. Oh, let's say, let's, in, let's, let's in, hear it. In regards to if you're newer, Uh-oh. when you start carrying a handgun... You are allowed to carry without a bullet in the chamber. Four, four, what? Two months. For two months, I would. That's your cap at at most. So I, I personally don't give a damn if people carry with one in the chamber or not. That is your own decision. I could see how there, there could be a very, very, very brief period of time. Yeah, for comfortability. um, As a new concealed carrier. If you want to rock condition three, and that's what you need to do to get yourself into a comfortable mindset to eventually get to that everyday condition one. Yeah. So be it. You're right. That is a little controversial. 
Um, um, I definitely don't think. I don't know. It's hard because generally like, when I, I th- when I teach people, my my rule of thumb is carry without a round in the chamber around your house to get used to it, mm-hmm. and then when you feel comfortable, load that thing up and carry everywhere you go. So you know how I am here. When, whenever if my gun is not in a holster on me, my pistol is condition three. Yeah. Like if I'm sitting here at the house and my uh, gun is sitting on the couch next to me or sitting on the coffee table. I personally always leave my pistol condition three because if that's not on my body, it's not in my hand, it's not in a holster, there is the possibility for an accident. And I'm trying to avoid sure, sure. accidents, especially with my girlfriend's dog running around, or you may have, you may be a guy with uh, children. Yeah, I mean, I got, I've got, i got a niece that comes around every now and then. Yeah, I mean, you already got to pick up the gun as it is if you needed to use it. Right. There's always the argument: How long do you have? Uh, how long do you have to defend your life? And one of my old instructors from Emsol always used to say, "You have the rest of your life," which just basically means until you. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's there does good. need to be a little bit of common sense on our part. And I know we hate using the term common sense when we talk about firearms. Um, when it common comes to just gun control, just, just general safety. Yeah. You know, don't 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 leave a loaded firearm just laying on the table and then walk away from it and just expect nothing to go wrong. Um, that's just that I, I to me I think that's just practical. And you know what? I could probably carry. I could probably leave my gun laying around the house, lo- uh, condition one, all day and nothing could ever go wrong. But the day something finally does go wrong, I have to look back and be like, this could have been prevented because of sure. X. Yeah, I mean, I have several firearms in my room at all times that are loaded mm-hmm. um, that are for the majority of the day just you know left alone and uh, I mean come a, a, a serious life change like I get married and have kids or something that might change somewhat um, but right now it's kind of like no one ever goes in my room it's my space, you know. And, you know, I think we, we should go ahead and reiterate to everybody that outside of a very brief learning curve that we talked about in the beginning, you should carry with one in the chamber at all times when you are out of your actual house. If yes. that gun is in your holster and you're in public and there's the possibility that you may need to use it, unless, again, you're in that very, very, very brief learning curve window, you should be condition one. There's no excuse not to be. Uh, your gun is safe. It's in a holster. Your holster is designed to shield your uh, trigger and your um, trigger well, um, or not well, uh, uh, just the whole housing unit there itself. The, the yeah. term is escaping me. Uh, you're, you're, if you're carrying a proper concealed carry holster, your Kydex uh, from it's your holster. covering all the ability to fire will that cover gun. all that ability. And if you're wearing, if you're carrying a Glock that may not have an actual physical safety to put on, everybody knows that that thing has internal safeties um, and other things that go along with it, or things that act as safeties to prevent it from just randomly going off. I don't know. If, if all you chair. do is watch Hollywood, they 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 turn that thumb safety off all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, nonetheless, yeah. So carry with one in the chamber. Do not be the guy that has to. Both draw their pistol, load their gun, and then expect to engage when somebody's already right on top of you. Yeah. 
I think we've hit. Um, let's see. So we talked about dry firing uh, classes. What are what are what are some people? What are some things people should look for um, when it comes to classes? I know okay. you and I have both kind of got a lot of our training through the professional means, and then yeah. uh, us together a lot. But what are the, some things people can look for? So something that always stuck in my mind is something Lucas from T Rex Arms says. If you just do a quick observation of a teacher instructor and he cannot correctly and efficiently do what he is teaching Mm -hmm. do not listen to him absolutely if if he's just spitting out information but actually can't implement it he's probably not the teacher that you want Mm um but i would say there's two two types of teachers that uh, I would go to one one that is extremely highly respected throughout all of or this is never going to be all but let's say 75 to 80 percent of the gun community well reputable yes well yeah that's a better well reputable don't go to Chicago dust classic <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, or someone who you see like at some point Lucas was just some guy who just shot mm-hmm. for sure like someone who you see is proficient and does things safely and is faster or more accurate um, than the other guys around him go to that guy he doesn't have to be like you don't have to be the dedicated teacher of life from him but like just See if he'll give you pointers. Like, just learn learn from those around you who mm-hmm. you see. And if there are no people like that, go to the range, and uh, you'll learn from trial and error by the people that are around you. Ask questions, please. Ask questions. And when you're and when you're looking for classes, and you're you're looking at the instructor and or instructors, uh, some of the big things that you should probably consider uh, before taking that class or, or or considering taking more classes is is the instructor and or instructors. Uh, professional do they speak and carry themselves well um, and dang I had a third one on my head and I was like I need to remember this before we get to this <laughs> um, damn I forgot I, it sounded beautiful in my head and it already started off wrong and I completely forgot what I was going to say regardless <laughs> you need to make sure uh, that instructors appear and act professional bottom line but that they are well spoken they, they what, what they teach you they provide with reason yeah they don't just say this is what you do end of story let's practice they say this is what you do because of this reasoning and this is why we're going to do it this way you could do it this way this is an option but i prefer to do it this way yeah now let's demonstrate it anybody have questions all right let's run some drills yeah humility is good and if you don't feel safe around that person Mm-hmm. Don't feel bad about just leaving. Like, yeah, these are dangerous weapons. Um, I mean, I know a lot of us are so comfortable with them that it's like it's just another thing. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your life, and if you don't feel comfortable, don't stick around for something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Um, anything else you want to hit on when it comes to ways to train, classes to take, anything like that? Anything else you can kind of hit on that? Uh, do it. Yeah, you just do the thing. Absolutely you got to take classes. Do it. And don't wow. be and don't be afraid to take multiple cl- multiple like low level. You know your pistol yeah, ones, mean, your medical pis- ones, take pistol from one multiple classes yeah. from from three different people. Especially you, if you're somebody you will that, learn. Especially if you're somebody that didn't receive a bulk of training from some sort of professional setting. Whether you work security, whether you're law enforcement, whether you're military, whatever it may be, if you're a person that's starting from scratch, take a couple basic level classes. Don't take one basic class and be like, "All right, I'm going to jump straight to this instructor's advanced class." Yeah, because there's so much that needs to be done between your basic skills and your advanced skills, and not that there is defined basic and advanced skills, because advanced skills is just doing the basics correctly, yeah, and at a little bit faster pace. That was one of my favorite things one of my old instructors really reiterated with room clearing is there is no basic and advanced room clearing. There isn't. There is absolutely none. Regardless of whatever room clearing uh, tactics you use, advanced room clearing is just the basics really well. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that kind of goes with everything. Um, But, yes, so you should definitely train. Take Go to multiple instructors. Learn from multiple people. Um, I, I I can 100% say that I have not come up with all of the knowledge and abilities that I have. I like learning from different people. There's some I just, I just it's a it's a puzzle. I just take pieces and I put them all together and I figure out what worked for me. Um, yeah. And I think that's really I think that's really everyone should be everybody's goal. But all right, moving on. This is our last really main topic uh, we're going to talk about. And this is the gray man theory. Uh, and this used to be po- more popular a couple years ago. Um, and I have I, my own thoughts and opinions on it, but let's go with yours first. I think it got like, it, it got fire hydrant hosed down people's throats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To the point where it became like. As a fireman, I can't confirm. <laughs> it just became like another thing that we're like, oh yeah, whatever. Um, it was like grease and micro it, Yeah. It just kind of yeah. came and went. And there, there's value in it, but it, it, it became a joke because you would have people talking about the gray man and being like, being someone that like, you just you're not really suspicious, you're not really like flamboyant, no one's really like paying attention to you, you're just you just like fall into the cracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the people talking about that are wearing like Patagonia North Face and like cargo pants and they've got a patch on their shirt that says like (laughs) sig or ruger or like Mm. and you're like okay well you're not doing that like yeah and you know i i i don't the gray man theory i think people got way too carried away with what the gray man theory was supposed to be the gray man theory is basically just your way of being able to be you're just integrating into what's around you Integrating with what's around you, but doing things like, you know, um, elevated situational awareness yeah. and um, scenery size up and all these kinds of things without people knowing you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you don't want to walk around in tactical pants 24-7 with your 5'11 hat on. I mean, if you're on a military base, sure. Sure, yeah. It, it's about um, blending into your environment. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, with me, everybody kind of knows what I look like. You especially know what I look like. I am just a 
stocky, square jawed, covered in <laughs> tattoos, clean haircut guy. Like, doesn't matter what I wear. I can wear yeah, he, jeans and a you know a Kentucky bourbon T-shirt. You could be working at Buffalo Wild Wings. I could be looking at Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> like I was through the fire academy after the Marine Corps. And they're like, and are everybody you in there knows? <laughs> you know, and I was wearing a Buffalo Wild Wings uniform and an apron. And they were like, this dude looks like uh, he hunted people. And I'm like, what would you like uh, on your boneless wings, uh, medium or mild sauce? I'm just here for the violence. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you don't want to be overly ignorant and make yourself a glowing target. There, As always, there is a middle um, yes. to all of that. Um, the gray man theory got caught into way too many extremes. I think it was just absolutely nonsense. You're not going to be able to, as an individual, specifically somebody that has been doing this for so long, because you ch- the, you change the yeah the way. And I know, I mean, at least specifically for myself, you carry yourself more confidently. You're observant, yeah. and you know people notice those types of things. Even well, people that aren't aware. <laughs> when we did that thing over the summer, uh, <laughs> those cops came out to us. It was clear because we carried ourselves different than the rest of the people that were around us. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I remember. I remember the, they were the like, thing you were talking about. They were like, about. you don't <laughs> belong love. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, but let's like you said, finding ways to blend in with your environments. Um, and you're not gonna always hundred percent blend in with your environment. There are ways that you could, there's, you could sacrifice certain things. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is don't let it consume your life. Yeah. Don't, like, don't think you just have to be hidden from society at all times. Um, it, it's just it it comes down like the aesthetic wise. It comes down to if you're in Afghanistan and you're white, don't be clean shaven. Have a beard. You'll blend in more. If you're in Chicago, like dress like the people there. If you're like at a rock concert. <laughs> don't have a burqa on like <laughs> <laughs> just it, it blend into your environment mm-hmm. be cognizant and be aware of what's around what's what you're what's around you and what's going on um and just don't like you get you see those guys with that just wild look in their eyes because they're like on red alert at all times just take it easy you know mm-hmm. like chill man They're, people let it consume their lives to the point where it's just like it's draining mm-hmm. for sure um and i mean i've been there i think we've all been there at some point in our lives but like you kind of got to get to the point where you're like there has to be a balance mm-hmm. um otherwise you just burn out and that goes for really just everything that goes with this niche, even outside concealed carry is. There are times of being extremely interested and into things and then downsides, and then you yeah. really just kind of kind of find the balance. Because you are going to get burnt down from time to time. Yeah. Um, and that's why having homies around you is so valuable. Having good homies around you is, is very valuable. Community is important, 100%. They will keep you – keep the fire burning – um, any other, any last remarks as far as concealed carry goes? We'll kind of go ahead and start wrapping this up. Um, yeah. Go ahead. <clears throat> if you, and I mean, the, the, I get, this is probably, you know, I, I don't see this as my opinion. I see this as fact, but this mm. is my, this is my opinion for sure. 
if you have the ability to carry and um, enact extreme violence on evil people, <clears throat> you have the responsibility to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I go and like a, there, there are places that like you're not supposed to carry that I would never go to and not carry because if things were to happen there, I would never forgive myself for yeah, not, not having the ability to defend people. Yeah, I'm not saying from a legal perspective that you should carry what you're not right, supposed to carry. Right. However, if you could see me, I'm doing the eyebrow thing at you. <laughs> um, your, 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 your own security is important at all times. Yeah. Now, I, I don't think every human being on the planet should carry a gun. No, um, I do not. I not people. We're all made differently, so I mean, not everyone is has that propensity. But if you have the moral and emotional and mental notion towards protecting the sanctity of life and those around you and yourself, uh, I think you have a moral obligation to carry that gun and that is why i stressed earlier the level of comfort with your concealed carry um having a gun that is comfortable and you like is so important because you are more likely to carry it than if you buy a gun that you aren't super comfortable with and you it's bulky and you don't like carrying it because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's about having it on you and having the ability and um, living up to that responsibility. And you know, with all of this being said, being capable and being willing to act, it all comes back down to that community basis that I and so many others push all the time is we are trying to instill good confidence and trust in our communities yeah. and providing medical help to those in need, um, you know, stepping up and defending and conserving a life and doing all these things helps bring us back to that community essence that I think we've really came away from over the years and we need to return to that. And it all starts with good people stepping up and doing what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Yeah. 100%. Well, awesome. This has been, this has been great. You are, you were the very first, uh, guest on the everyday system. Heck yeah. Um, you would you like to give any shout outs to anyone any companies anything like that uh any individuals see. max max the misfit and emily the goats they um, are they are you know i don't know that there's a competition for my favorite uh my favorite couple at the moment between um max and emily and then uh Will Squib Squiblo Tactical, and then I believe his girl's name is Sam. Mm, uh, yeah, between just the goon couple and the cowboy couple, I, I Max and Emily have my heart. <laughs> hey, I love them too, but oh, man, Will and his girl have a special place in my heart out there, uh, freaking chaps and all. Yeah, it holds a special sure. place. Will, what a guy. Um, uh, and oh, uh, Bravo Concealment. For uh, they just they just uh, asked me to work with them, so that'll be cool. 
That's cool. Um, thanks, guys. And Goon Operational Group, Elijah and his wife, for just doing what they're doing and fighting for the Second Amendment and the culture, as well as, you know, T-Rex Arms and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and my local boys. Oh, yeah, brother. Uh, big shout-outs. Big shout-out to Max and Dave. I'm probably going to give them a lot of shout-outs here in oh, the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, for helping me yeah thanks for helping us get this working (laughs) helping us getting this (laughs) podcast going um especially dave really helpful here um i I wouldn't have moved forward without your guys's help because i would have had absolutely no idea where to start so thank you very much to those guys thank you to everybody uh that stuck with me through the purge uh from instagram to uh, you're staying with me on youtube and telegram and all that while i kind of clawed my way back in so Thank you to everybody for the support uh, that we have, that I've that I've seen uh, so far. And then, of course, the local homies, the guys I train with all the time, the guys I prep with. All of you guys, absolutely appreciate you guys and everything that you guys do. All right, Austin, thank you for coming on, man. This has been a pleasure. You got it. That is the end of Episode 2 of the Everyday Assistance Tactical Podcast, Concealed Carry and You. As always, guys, train hard, train often. Tell me turn it down and I'ma only turn up louder. Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Shrink the numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me turn it down.